minicast episode 27 we're talking student solidarity supporting the frontline staff during COVID-19 let's drop this welcome to solving healthcare I'm Quedro Caramantang I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. People, I am amped up to tell you about this episode. This is episode 27, where we talk to Heidi Lee and Simran Agrawal, and they're med students at the University of Ottawa, and they created a program to support frontline staff by taking on activities such as childcare, grocery trips, and other things that are overlooked during these tough times. And that was an initiative they did on their own. They recognized how difficult a time it is for a lot of the frontline staff, and they stepped up. They changed the boogie. They represented. I'm so proud of these guys, so I'm really excited for you guys to hit hear this episode. We're going to dive right into it. The only housekeeping thing I want to tell you about is we're doing our, our first webinar starting April 10th. That's today. Um, <laughs> on how we could prepare ICUs for the increased capacity needs during COVID-19. It's going to be done by colleague and my boss and fellow Resource Optimization Network member, David Nelapovitz. So you guys will uh, see the links uh, attached to the show notes. And um, even if you miss it, you'll be able to see a recorded version. And we're planning to do some more of these webinars and seeing how much you guys like them. So without further ado... Here's Heidi and Simran. Ladies and gentlemen, I am introducing Simran and Heidi, U of O med students extraordinaire to talk about this ultra creative, ultra genuine, ultra altruistic initiative they started during our COVID crisis. First of all, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you for having us. Yes. So, Legit, why don't you tell us about the program? Okay, uh, so I guess I'll start off by explaining how the program works, and then maybe Heidi, you can speak to our motivations and why we wanted to start that. Uh, so we say it's basically um, in one sentence like Tinder, but for healthcare providers, and to <laughs> and instead of like a dating site, we're matching up healthcare providers with students who are willing to help them with everyday tasks like childcare, pet care, grocery runs, because these are the things that are going to be kind of overlooked as our healthcare's go out um, at the front lines and deal with the additional stresses and workloads of dealing with COVID testing and, and dealing with COVID patients. So we thought that this would be a great way to kind of take that burden off of them. Uh, so the way this works is that we have a form for both our healthcare providers and students to sign up on. And once they've signed up, we match the two. The way we do our matching takes multiple factors into account. So we ask where they live, what type of service they require, um, language preferences. Sometimes we try to cater to, keeping in mind that we are a very diverse community, timings, 
student availability. So we tr we try to take all of that into account and make as possible, and then and then we send that out to the two people, and then we let them take it from there. Amazing, amazing. So how long did this take to set up? Like, if you think about when we started this whole COVID crisis, essentially, that wasn't that. For this is March twenty sixth, so it wasn't that long ago. But how long did this take to to start? Yeah. So for for me, at least, like we were, I, I was, I'm a third year medical student. So they sent out an email regarding the end of clerkship. They're like, we're going to stop clerkship for two weeks at the minimum. That was on March 15th. And then I think Simran um, is a second year medical student. And the first and second year medical student had their classes canceled about the same time too. Mm -hmm. So we suddenly had so much time on our hands. And so this really started off about March 16th. And then we spent about a week or so just to get um, to get it done right. So as Simran mentioned, we have safety policies in place. We mm -hmm. have to get a waiver um, just to make sure and rec student recruitment um, and just hammering out the logistics of how to work uh, the program. And then we started sending out the emails about a week after that. Since then, it's just taken off. We've made 50 matches so far. We're still Five making zero? matches. Five zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys, just before the interview, I was talking when I was talking to these guys, I thought maybe like nobody is really taking advantage of this program so far. I don't know why I thought of that. Just because it was maybe because I just caught wind of this last week. But 50? Yes. Holy cow, yes. guys. Amazing. Amazing. We've had such great uptake uh, in terms of the student recruitment and also healthcare workers who are uh, sending in requests. So our healthcare rec requests are up to about 120 now, and it's still oh. increasing every day as word spreads out. And then student recruitment-wise, we have about 70 volunteers who signed up, and we're actively recruiting um, other student bodies, so the Nursing Student Association, and we were thinking of maybe getting some social workers involved and just reaching out to different communities to, to increase their volunteer recruitment rates and hopefully help more people. Wow. Guys, this is like we're, we're doing this via Zoom so we can all see each other. This is going to just be audio, obviously. But my, my mouth has been open the whole time. I'm just a bit, uh, I'm a bit shocked at how tremendous this initiative is. So what kind of services are, are most in demand so far? Uh, so we've got a lot of uh, requests for childcare specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why we need more volunteers because a lot of volunteers sign up for errands like groceries and pet care, which is super, super needed and important. But we have a huge need for childcare. So we're really working with our colleagues in nursing and perhaps other student bodies to try to try to get that going. And, and just to add, the healthcare providers that we're helping are not limited to just doctors because doctors are not the only people that are providing healthcare. We've matched nurses, paramedics, admin assistants. So really anyone who is having to take on additional burden because of the COVID crisis at the, at the healthcare front, front lines. Man, I it just, I'm so proud of you guys. One for just like taking control of the situation. We, you know that this is such a, a crappy, stressful uh, time during like just period. And you guys took the initiative and saying, what can we do to help? And I want people to remember this when you read in the news about Dr. X doing bad things and let's villainize <laughs> healthcare professionals. Listen to what these kids are representing. Listen what how they represent. They're doing this out of the goodness of the heart. This is not going to go they're not going to get extra marks for this. 
They're not going to necessarily get into the residency that they want. Like this is because they're here to help. And I just, I can't emphasize this enough because, you know, it just, it just really makes, it warms my heart because I know it's coming from an absolutely fantastic place. And so I just want to commend you even more. So like, are you guys feeling the benefit? Are you feeling the, the positive response out there, either from the people that are reaching out or the volunteers or the media? Like, are you feeling the positive uh, response? Oh, absolutely. We even had um, people uh, send us messages saying, oh, I don't need your services, but seeing initiatives like this uh, restores my faith in humanity or something to that effect. <laughs> um, and then we've had several media outlets uh, request like, to speak with us just to get the word out there. But ultimately, I think it's just been it's been very heartwarming and very humbling to see that we can help in this way. So it sounds like, oh, babysitting, pet care, errands, those are very like, they're not direct ways. We're not collecting PPE. We're not helping in a direct way. But if we think about it, um, healthcare workers are faced with the situation of doing their duty to their community, serving their communities, but also protecting their family, protecting their loved ones. And I think reading the struggles of uh, many healthcare workers on blog sites, on Facebook groups, it's a, it's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and being able to provide emotional support, knowing that your family is taken care of, um, that your, your dog is left, is going out for their pee break, um, not getting acute bladder, you know, urinary retention, yeah. Yeah. making sure that their kids are being looked after. I think those, those aspects are so important for the wellness of our healthcare workers. And mm-hmm. it's just, and I, it's been recognized by healthcare workers. Um, it's, I think, it, and it makes us feel very proud of our community that we're doing this. Oh, I mean, it's, and, and once again, Heidi and Simran, like it's, you know, it's such a horrible time right now. And to just see something so good come out of this, like just really seeing that, that fate, like have, seeing what the good side of humanity could bring, it's just, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Thank you. For the, the skeptics and for the people that are, are, are really worried about transmission, like I, I know there's some worries about, you know, safety because, you know, more people that aren't being physically isolated, people that are going out into the community. What are the steps that you guys are making to just make sure that we're reducing the risk of spread? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a completely fair point. I think you should always be careful about what you do and the consequences that can have. So Heidi and I worked really, really hard with our team to make sure that we come up with safety policies to uh, really decrease our harm and increase our benefit ratio. So the one of the biggest things we do is to match only one student to each healthcare provider. And that right. and that's how we avoid inadvertently increasing our social circles. Other things that we want to do is to make sure that we are screening doctors for any COVID risk factors. And mm-hmm. we're very transparent with our volunteers about those risk factors so that when they're going to volunteer with the healthcare provider, they are aware of the potential risk that they are putting themselves at. And they're more than, um, it's more than okay for them to say, Hey, you know what? Uh, I've changed my mind. I'm not, I'm not as comfortable with childcare, but maybe I can help with grocery runs instead. So we want to make sure everyone involved is as comfortable as possible with the risks that they are taking. And we want to minimize risks as much as possible. Yeah, if I can add to that, um, we also screen our student volunteers. Many of our student volunteers, uh, they don't live with their families. They live in a, in a house. 
with uh, maybe one or two roommates who are younger um, and not in the high risk group. So we make sure that the, from the student aspect that they're not compromising anyone else um, and that they're respecting social distancing um, and in the event that they do um, get transmission of the virus. Um, and also we have the questions for the students as well. So students who've traveled recently are not eligible. Um, we asked about the last day of patient contact mm -hmm. just in case um, there's been some you know, like asymptomatic COVID virus going on there. And also um, just to get the risk factor screening for the students. So we go yeah. through them individually. Perfect. Perfect. And if people want to reach out for this service, how would they be able to do that? Uh, so we've reached out to healthcare providers to various uh, Facebook groups um, and also internal emails. And I think word of mouth has gotten around so that mm -hmm. if anyone does have questions, they can, uh, they can definitely email us. Uh, I, I, our email is Ottawa students for, for as in the number four, uh, hcps at gmail.com. Um, so if you email us, we can uh, send them the link to sign up on the form for sure. Absolutely. And I, I think also, too, if you guys have any, our listeners have any questions about the logistics of setting this up and doing it in communities outside of Ottawa or outside of Ontario or in, outside of Canada, even to be able to create such a program that, because I'll say this, after being in the front lines, like after, like I've spent some time in ICU since this whole COVID crisis has started, people are stressed. Morale is low and people are scared. And all these little steps that people are making, whether it's food contributions, whether it's being able to look after their loved ones or their puppies or whatnot, this helps us be that much more focused and that much more ready for what, what's ahead of us. So honestly, I can't, I keep saying it, but I'm just so proud of you guys. I'm proud of the U of O representing hard, taking the lead on this. Other places throughout the country, y'all need to recognize this is what it's all about, being that, doing that sense of community. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we uh, close out? I think the main thing that we want to get across is that we want to also inspire others uh, to start to help out in whatever way we can. So the way we're going to get through this crisis is just to lean on each other for support, getting together as a community and doing whatever we can to help. Um, and that's one of the messages we try to convey to our student body. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Heidi and Simran. This was a, a fun conversation and uh, nice to, to finally meet. I know we, We've been uh, communicating via email, but uh, it's nice to finally meet. And I'm sure we'll, we'll cross paths soon once all this physical social isolation is, uh, is shut down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having us. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Solving Healthcare. I hope you enjoyed that mini cast, and I hope it left you inspired because I'll tell you this much, it left me inspired. Thanks for our sponsors, audible.ca. Thank you for all the comments you've left at quadcast99 uh, at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at quadcast. All these comments mean a lot. All these um, kind words mean a lot. So, Keep it up and thanks for listening and we'll we'll connect soon.